0: or carry on, and enjoy Preston's Super Show. Welcome to the show, welcome to the show, thanks for joining me on another edition of the Super Show This is the first podcast of the new year. Ring the bells. We're bringing in 2021 together. And Sunday, lots of football on, lots of sports on. Uh, And you know, you gotta love it. You gotta love sports. You gotta love football. How do you not? So we're entering a new week. Full of new hope. So I want to address something here. The reason it's so important to have Joe on the show is not only am I learning from him, but he nails one of the fundamental ideas to my podcast, which is economic prosperity. Any country must have economic development and prosperity to succeed. Some people like to attach the word capitalism to it capitalist nation or not economic prosperity is needed for a country to grow and the inhabitants to thrive we also have another intelligent individual joining the super show movement and you will be hearing from him soon it's a good friend of mine chris so you know it's going to be a long day after you roll out of bed and make it 10 feet to the crapper Never will the day become shorter after that. You know, when I wake up, that is truly the only quiet of the day. Two cars drive past, probably the same cars every morning, you're sitting there facing the window hunched over from being tired, feeling sluggish. You look up at that coffee pot The miraculous golden sweet brown liquid pouring into that pot. Making it all worth it. You know, before a long day and after a long day, that coffee pot may be your only true friend. Who else is up with you at that time of the morning? However, a coffee pot, like many of your friends... Will turn their back on you. Oh yes. After a year or a tad bit longer. First it starts clunking and chunking. Then it starts making an odd noise or noises. Uh, shizip shizip goo goo. Then you see the sledgehammer. That mighty sledgehammer. You leave it lying around. Why? Because that's how you roll. You eyeball it. You nod your head. And after that last cup of coffee from that machine on its last leg, it's time for a new coffee pot. Does anybody know why these 10 or 20 dollar coffee pots break in a year's time or less? That's the burning question. I'm starting to begin to believe we need to replace all cell phones with bat signals just to get people to look up. The world is on fire. Crime is taking up. Violence is taking up. Shootings all over the place. And everybody's glued to their phone. Did you not realize by now that is not getting done there? That life cannot be done digitally or shouldn't be done digitally. Work with me, people. Bud Light seltzer is a thing now. Did you hear about that? What's going on with the seltzer and why do people like it? Are people losing their taste buds? You know, I have an uncle that drinks Bud Light. I mean, any party I've ever been to that he was there, he brought his own case of Bud Light. I think the stuff is terrible. The Bud Light Platinum, well that's not too shabby, but domestic beer is hard to stomach in general. I am an import guy. Heineken, Guinness, you know the stuff I actually consider beer. Not water with fizz in it and a terrible aftertaste and a headache the next day. So we're moving into an important time in our country. We have President Trump battling back his own party, the Supreme Court, Democrats, and a majority of the press to straighten out the results of the presidential election. Twelve senators will reject the results of the election, and Ted Cruz is on board. Did you hear about this? Did you hear that Iran's leader Hassan Rouhani promised that he would make sure President Trump is dead? Did you hear any senator in the Democrat runoffs in Georgia speak out against this? The John Ostowich and Reverend uh, Warlock who parade around... Act like uh, the next Martin Luther King No They didn't speak about this They didn't condemn this They instead Double down on their attacks Of Trump being bad Kelly Loeffler being evil Senator per- Perdue being evil Would they hold back From condemning Iran's leader If he said this about Biden If he said this about Obama or Kamala it's food for thought the last defense against a Biden-Harris criminal radical gangster regime that will cripple our country tank the markets and make us reliant on foreign powers is on the ballot in Georgia of all places you know the colony of Georgia was founded as a utopian idea by philanthropist uh, James Oglethorpe You probably don't know who that is. You probably don't know much history. That's why you listen to The Super Show. Because you want to be educated. You want to be smarter. You're not going to get it from the mainstream news. Quit thinking that's where you're going to get an education. Honestly, your best bet is to read, listen to podcasts and shows like The Super Show, and make up your mind for yourself. But if you're looking to learn, you're in the right place. James Oglethorpe, like I said, a philanthropist, a British soldier, and a member of parliament. He fought against slavery and outlawed it as the first governor of Georgia in 1732. He helped resettle the poor from Britain and the colony of Georgia, along with different Protestant groups that were cast out by the Church of England. They wanted a fresh start. This was the beginning of Georgia. A fresh start. The miracle of God and footwork of mankind that can be unmatched and unrivaled. Nobody on the ballot in Georgia measures up to James Oglethorpe. However... John Ossoff and Reverend Warnock are farther from the bold ideas and compassion needed to stop the destruction of our country. January 5th This Tuesday is time for the people to speak for the people. It is time for the people of Georgia to carry the weight of the silent majority. The debt is on all of our shoulders to make what is wrong right. Now, the voters in Georgia, these are a smart bunch. They see the double speak going on with the Democrat challengers. They see the phony talking points laid out by MSNBC and CNN. They see the accusations being hurled by Reverend Warlock and John Ostowich at Kelly Lawler. But Warnock has his own problems on his hands. Warnock's ex-wife claims he is a great actor. In a video that surfaced not too long ago, he supposedly runs over his wife's foot while trying to leave after an argument. The point I want to make about this Warnock is that he is a man that can't even keep his own house in order. He has no chance in hell of keeping a Senate or a country together. No shot. Something else troubling about Warlock that the mainstream media isn't covering because they're too busy drooling over Biden and his cabinet picks. Warnock was arrested in 2002. What was he arrested for? Well, for allegedly obstructing police in a child abuse investigation at one of his summer church camps. Is that who you want representing your state? Make your voice heard, Georgia. How do I see it playing out, you may ask? Well, I see it being split, I really do. I see Senator Perdue beating us off because. Asaf is too weird, too much of a creep, and he's too new to the people of Georgia. I believe they see Asaf as a threat, where Asaf's biggest issue is not seeing himself as a threat. When it comes to Loeffler, I think she's remarkably talented, but I question if her message is resonating with voters. The trends look better for her now, but again, these are trends. I don't like Warnock at all, but I do believe he may have fooled enough people that he's actually a good guy, when we all know that's a great charade, as his ex-wife laid out. So I see it being split, Republicans win a seat, Democrats win a seat, the Republicans maintain control of the Senate, and make Biden a lame duck president. That is good for Republicans. And they will do a victory lap over this. However, winning bowl seats is highly crucial. Highly possible. So my message to Georgians who listen to this show far and wide the country is in your hands. This Tuesday. It really is. Really interesting news, big news circulating not getting a lot of coverage but that's okay that's that's what I'm here for. I fill in the blanks. Cuba is moving to a single currency on their island. Probably didn't hear about this. Right now Cuba has two currencies. They two. One of those is on the way out by the month of June this year. For the first time in 20 years Cuba will rely solely on one currency, the Cuban peso. They're asking people to trade in the other currency, the CUC, for the CUP, or Cuban Peso. The CUCs are involved in foreign money, such as tourism, or buying imports. However, many people in Cuba and those in these industries are still paid in CUPs, the Cuban Peso. Many stores don't even accept the CUCs that people are paid in. There lies disparities that have led Cuba to this breaking point. So make a mental note of what I'm going to lay out for you here. Countries can officially adopt the U.S. dollar or another foreign currency as their own for greater stability. Think of it this way. In Florida, a hurricane happens and then they need financial aid to help them. They look to the federal government of the United States... The federal government issues them money back by the dollar to help rebuild. It's not Bitcoin that pays for the supplies and the salaries of all these workers and materials because Bitcoin is not trusted and not accepted everywhere like the dollar is. It's not a cryptocurrency or some hidden pot of gold bailing out Florida communities after a hurricane. It's the rest of America's tax dollars. One dollar equals one dollar. One peso equals one peso. That is what Cuba is moving to. A peg of one to one for their currency. When you look at Bitcoin, for example, and I like Bitcoin. If you've listened to my show, if you've listened to my show over the years, you know I like Bitcoin. So let's break this down for people. When we're looking at Bitcoin as an example, one Bitcoin is almost $33,000. Dollars. So that's the peg. One Bitcoin, thirty-three thousand dollars. What that is the peg, that can never work as a standard for paying employees, paying pensions, paying taxes, buying goods and services. Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are simply trading pawns to make you money or lose you money depending how good of a trader you are. You would have to fundamentally change the monetary policy of the country to enact a cryptocurrency as the main currency. And with a dollar in place, with a peg of one-to-one, there's literally no logic behind that to move to a cryptocurrency. So when someone says that, oh, Bitcoin is going to be our, our currency, it's going to be an America's next currency, we're moving towards the Bitcoin. They, too, have bought the lie and sold the truth. They're living in a fantasy world, which is fun. Fantasy world is fun to live in. But I, myself, choose to not live in fantasy world. So I instantly dismiss that. I discount that. And you should, too. Cuba moving to the Cuban peso and doing away with the CUC will cause inflation at first. So they are preparing for that by increasing government workers' salaries and pensions. Now I don't I don't agree with that. I think that's a that's a bad move. Something really interesting to note here is that the Cuban peso's exchange rate will be posted daily on the central bank's website, meaning it has the potential to fluctuate rather than stay at its fixed rate. That is a new thing entirely for Cubans. The part I love um is the fluctuation possibility that this currency could move higher than uh, face value. You know in the state of Illinois, the dollar is worth a dollar and two cents based on regional price parity. So the purchasing power of a dollar in Illinois is a dollar and two cents. There are numerous downsides to this move from Cuba. Although ultimately from outside looking in this monetary transfer of currencies is a good thing in my eye, Cuba's price of everyday goods will continue to climb. The country of Cuba is taking a big hit right now and they couldn't have picked a worse time to carry out this currency transformation. A big reason is their tourism industry is suffering massively. A lot of people are paid in CUCs and since they are worth 24 times more than the Cuban peso, the devaluation of the CUCs will cause many people to become even poorer. I wish the people of Cuba the best. And as always, we'll keep you updated with stories like this. So with no time to waste... Because everybody's looking to make money, and I want to make money too. I'm right with you. Joe's back. He's got his weekly watch list, rapid-fire watch list. You need to be paying attention to his Twitter, at Immortal Gain. Again, it's at Immortal Gain. And Joe's going to break down his weekly watch list. He's got some great stocks lined up for you, and he's going to go ahead and take it away from here.
1: What is going on everyone? I hope you're having a positive day. Joe Perry here, back with my weekly watch list. A quick disclaimer, I am not a licensed financial advisor, and this is for entertainment purposes only. Okay, let's get it. Ticker symbol ODT. Closing at $19.20 per share, finally showing life, being well above the moving averages. I lost money on this one a few months back. I need you guys to back me up on this one. I see a gap at $24, okay? So let's rally to that and cash out. Don't get caught up on the sell-off. I don't know how high it's going to go. It's it's looking like it's kind of due for a pump and dump, so just be careful here. Ticker symbol, A-I-R-T. Yep, that's right. Back-to-back weekly watch list. Yep, yuppers, it is. It came back to $24.90 per share, and it's super, super bullish on the daily. I think I was actually one week premature on this one, and this week it's going to rally. Last week it was in the watch list. It took a bit of a beating earlier on. Thursday, Friday was really, really good. Or sorry, actually the it closed the market closed on Thursday. So Thursday it was really, really well. And I liked how it was, it was rallying. I think I was a week early. This week, look for it. A-I-R-T. Ticker symbol H-O-F-V closing in at $1.23 per share and the after hours pumping up 39%. Okay, so look, be careful here. And I mean that the reason why it's on the watch list this week is because there was an absolute whale inside buy of over 10 million shares. Now look, this could be a clear pump and dump or someone's trying to give this ticker a smaller float of shares. He's trying to take the amount of available shares off the market to look like it's more of a, it makes it seem like people want it more. Like this, it makes it a better, it's a hotter stock when there's less float. So there's that. Uh, be careful when you get it and if it runs, okay? Take your profit when you can uh don't get don't get caught up here i've always set your uh, trail orders and stop orders and monitor the ticker on the 1 minute and 3 minute scales always dump on the pullback guys always dump okay ticker symbol ocgn closing at $1.83 per share and even last week it had a high of $2.40 okay some of these pennies i give you guys have insane hype and volume but can also be very volatile. Be cautious here and only risk what you're willing to lose. Of course, have strong discipline. I like to have a rule of when I exit on a loss, set yourself, give yourself a certain percentage of what you like to cash out if it's in the green and when you like to take your loss and cash out when you're in the red. A certain percentage works, you know, maybe uh, 40%, if you you start to take a loss at 40%, cash out. And if you have a winning of 25% more cash out. Okay. Have a rule, set your own rule, whatever works for you. If you like to use a dollar amount, whatever it may be, that's okay. I just learned out over time. If you're using percentages rather than dollar amounts, it gives you a clearer idea and you're not focused on how much dollar amounts you're making. You're just worrying about getting clear profits with percentages. It helps you. It helps you in the long run. So yeah. Uh, ticker symbol OCGN there's a lot of hype there be careful though the volume's insane but be careful okay Preston thank you for the time this week you guys can find me on twitter at immortal game uh, I post all the recaps of each week and I'll let you know how I did okay guys let's get this bag this week uh woo.
0: I can't thank Joe enough for coming on the show uh and, fi- and filling that that slot that just needed to be filled. Just the perfect guy to get on uh, the super show to break these stocks down for you. The enthusiasm, um, the energy, it's all positive and it's it really is great. So that's how I want to uh, carry out the show today. I want to carry out with that upbeat message, that positive message that we're all really looking for. So I have a story here. Uh, It came out of the local paper, actually. And it's uh, very near and dear to my area and where I'm from. And it's a little bit of a uh, history lesson. The title of the story is A Burger at White's by Jack Classy. Uh, And this was published on January 2nd this year. In the 1920s, if you were a student at St. Patrick High School or Kankakee High, chances were good that your school lunch day often was a hamburger at the stand on Station Street. Midway between Dearborn and Indiana Avenues, the two schools were located within a block of the eatery. Now, I'll tell you right now, today on uh, Dearborn and Indiana, uh, you're not walking around over there to get a burger. That's how much times have changed. You're not, that's not an area you're going to get a burger anymore. So back to the store, More formally named White's Lunch or White Bros, the business was most often referred to as just The Stand. Initially, it offered hamburgers and other sandwiches at a walk-up window. We still have uh, places out here that do that. White's was the first hamburger stand in the community, recalled Leslie White, who operated the business from 1943 until it closed in 1963. In a short history of the business that he wrote upon his retirement, White noted that his father, Alpha G. White, bought the restaurant for $300 in 1919 from a man named Thompson. The building was a narrow wooden structure, That reminded you of an upright piano shipping box used at the time Mr. Thompson had a place to nap under the lower door which became a serving shelf when opened. Alpha White's purchase of the hamburger stand was the result of an injury that made him unable to work at his previous occupation as a delivery man for the Kankakee Ice Feed and Fuel Company. In the 1920s, A hamburger at White's cost a nickel. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? By the 1940s, so 20 years later, the price had risen to 15 cents. It's a lot. It's a lot in that time. The meat was two-ounce-sized patties, and with the trimmings, they were good. Nothing like a grill for cooking hamburgers, recalled Leslie White. Alpha White's first employee at the stand was Jane Janet Hart. A decade later, she became his partner in both marriage and the business. Also partners in the early days of the business were Alpha White's brothers James and his wife Eva. At that time, the business was known as White Bros. It was later renamed White's Lunch. The stand hall had many employees on a full or part-time basis. The pay was small and the hours long. Until 1943, the hours were 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., then 6 a.m. to 7.30 p.m., noted the younger White. It was once said, she worked for White's, and the response was, who didn't? Right. So this was a place everybody was going to work to at some point in their life if you were from here. Almost everybody worked here and knew somebody that worked here in those times. During the nearly 45 years that the building at 348 East Station Street, Wow, was occupied by White's, it underwent a number of changes, at least three additions and several different facades. In 1945, it reached its present form with large plate glass windows flanking the front door. In his history, Leslie White did not know when the restaurant added indoor seating for customers. By 1945, however, White's had a seating capacity of 65 people. It was a stopping off place for the high school teams after games and was busy and noisy, he recalled. The stand served the school children from Departmental, Central, and St. Pat's, along with the working people. On first Friday, when St. Patrick's observed communion, The extra order for donuts and long johns was 70 dozens. That's 840 donuts. The children came in three waves, each group younger and noisier than the other. Since the restaurant's customer base was students and workers in downtown businesses, it closed on Sundays and holidays. Monday through Saturday, however, White served breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The breakfast menu was extensive, and by today's standards, inexpensive. Offering French toast, wheat cakes, eggs, meats, ham, bacon, or pork sausage, hot or cold cereals, and coffee, tea, milk, or orange juice. A hearty breakfast of French toast, that's three slices, and coffee cost 25 cents. A side order of bacon or pork sausage would add 15 cents to the bill during its years of operation by the white family the stand reminded it remained profitable except for one year during the depression in 1938 when there was a loss of less than $400 it was a lot for a business normally a business would have a hard time surviving after that type of loss of $400 that would have crushed many many businesses this is where the story takes a little bit of a sad turn. The start of the government subsidized school lunch program in 1954 had a major effect on the business. You could say it had an adverse effect. It reduced the business considerably, wrote Leslie White. Profits dropped and never recovered. The children could buy a half pint of milk for two cents that cost us six cents. Even when times were tough, White served everyone who asked for food. Charity cases were seated and served the same as other customers, recalled Leslie White. Few women ever asked for food, although whole families were served as they traveled through Kankakee. Generosity wasn't extended only to the needy. White's history of the restaurant included a handwritten 1962 note from Kankakee teenager Nan Colthurst. The note went on to read, Last Saturday, I went sledding with four other girls. Afterward, we stopped at your restaurant for hot cocoa. At the time, we didn't realize we had ordered more than we could afford. The girls and I want to thank you for your kindness and also for the candy. A year later, February 1963, the restaurant served its last meal. So one of the old time establishments in the community came to a close Concluded whites history Gone but not forgotten 45 years serving the public for which the whites were grateful If that doesn't strike a chord with you I don't know what will As you can see The government Not only Was killing businesses then But to this day We face the same catastrophe So we have a choice We have a choice We can learn from history Or we can be doomed to repeat it Tuesday January 5th, 2021. The people of Georgia need to get out and vote. The people of Georgia. Those are our last line of defense. It's not the politicians. It's not the people... Like George Soros and Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and the rest of all these rich, powerful men. It's not them. It's the people. You still have a say. And on Tuesday. On Tuesday, I pray you make the right choice. You make the right choice for... Future businesses. You make the right choice for future generations. But most importantly, you make the right choice for right now in the present day. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an honor, a privilege. I'm blessed to be able to do the show for you, and it has been. A wild ride. It was a great 2020, and now we're coming into 2021, and the super show is in full form. I hope you learned something today. I hope you heard something that resonates with you today, and you can carry it with you. Remember the story. Of the burger stand White's burger stand Remember that story That's many people's story Today That's many people's story right now And I just want to thank you for Allowing me to Grace your ears With some different opinions And some different views Some great stories That you can take with you And I hope you do, I really do you can find that story on uh, the Daily Journal, uh, daily-journal.com. And I'm going to link that as well so you're not going to have an issue finding it. Um, and again, thank you for allowing me to do the show and listening and, and supporting it. I really do appreciate it. It means a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, and you, ladies and gentlemen in Georgia, Especially you in Georgia. I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone.